Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, Episode 81, a conversation about robots in disguise. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, uh, it's not going to be all robots in disguise, but we do are fortunate enough to have the creators, the, both the writer and artist of Transformers Robots in Disguise with IDW. I could not be more excited about this because, as you guys all know, huge Transformers fan, but also... Up until now, not that this was a bad thing, but up until now, we, with one exception, we've had pretty much nothing but G.I. Joe creators. So it's kind of nice to get another one of our properties in here that we cover on the show, uh, have the creators on to kind of talk about it and everything else. And, and I'm sure we'll touch a little bit on Joe as well, So, uh, and you'll find out why in a little bit. But let me go ahead and introduce our guests here. Uh, first on the line, uh, someone who we met at BaltimoreCon uh, and was gracious enough to reach out back to us uh, to arrange this whole situation and possibly debacle that we have here. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to introduce the artist of Robots in Disguise, Andrew Griffith. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, and along with him, we have also the writer of Robots in Disguise. He's also the editor, uh, or one I don't know if it's one of the editors or the main editor. I've seen your name with a few other people here and there, but I definitely know you're one of the editors for not only Robots in Disguise, but also Transformers in general, as well as the G.I. Joe books for 
IDW, we have John Barber on the line. Hi, good, glad to be here. Glad to have you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't edit uh, Robots in Disguise. That's Carlos Guzman. And uh, two of us edit the uh, G.I. Joe books. And um, I pretty much edit the other Transformers books, aside from anything that I'm writing. I was going to say, Carlos. weird if you were editing yourself, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really rely on Carlos. So I wouldn't... Uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want that. None of us would want that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we do have on the line. You might hear him in, uh, interject, and we'll be talking with him later in the show. Wanted to also introduce a uh, special guest listener for this interview, uh, Chris Haywood, also known as Crash on the forum. So, welcome to the show, Crash. Hey guys, what's up? Great. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and jump right into things here because uh, John, I know your time is is limited here, and uh, but. It's a it's pretty much a free for all if anyone wants to t- discuss any of the things we're talking about here. Um, this question actually goes out to both uh, John and Andrew. Uh, with both of you guys working on Transformers, obviously there's a lot of different sources as far as where you may have first come across Transformers, whether it be the toy, the cartoon, comics, or even if it was just when you started on the comic recently. So, what would be your guys' first interaction with Transformers in your life in general? Uh, We'll go ahead and start with John, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah, for me, it was, um, it was actually, you know, it goes back to my, my a friend of mine named Steve Petrazic when I was living in Illinois, uh, got one of the, um, the Diacron toys. Uh, it was one that was like the Sunstreaker that was red. I don't know if you remember the Diacron ones. Like, uh, okay. Takara was releasing, like, basically it was the first wave of the, a lot of the Transformers. They were, they were kind of releasing them in the U.S. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, I was, like, kind of there from the beginning. As soon as I saw that, I just, like, fell in love with the whole robot changing mode into a vehicle, you know, type toy. If you really hadn't seen it, or I really hadn't seen anything like that. And then, um, I, I, like, I remember to this day seeing the, uh, uh, the commercial for the first issue of, uh, Marvel's Transformers and like the next day at school, you know, I was like, I guess it was about eight, uh, seven or no, it was probably seven at that point. And I remember just being, uh, uh, like the next day, it was all we could talk about. You know, like who is it? Who is that guy that turns into a truck? And you know, did you see the the airplanes? I mean, we didn't know anything about it. You know, so I, I was kind of there from you know from the beginning. I bought I bought issue one out at Seven Eleven. Uh, you know, the, the week it came out or the month it came out. Nice, nice. Uh, Andrew, how about for you? Uh, kind of similar. I was there from the start when I was a kid. Um, my brother came home from school one day and he was like. Hey, all the kids at school are talking about this this new toy out, you know. So he drugged the whole family out to this this department store that had just this row full of cars and planes and stuff that turned into robots. And we were hooked from them. He got, I think, Prowl, and I got like a miscolored red Bumblebee. And then after that, we got into the comics, got into the cartoon, and pretty much, you know, off and on, have stuck with it since then. Nice, nice. So. Now, when it comes to uh, the the comic you guys are involved with with together with Robots in Disguise, how did how did that kind of happen uh, for you guys? How did you guys get involved with that? Uh, we can start with Andrew first. Uh, well, um, John and I worked on a series before this. It was a prequel comic for the second movie, <clears throat> right. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. I had I'm worked sorry. on comics for Revenge of the Fallen, and then. John came in as a writer on Dark of the Moon stuff, and and we ended up working together. And I don't really know, you know, if he if he if he picked me or if someone recommended me for him as the artist. But that's when we started working together. And then after that, you know, we, we, everybody seemed to be happy with how that worked out. And then um, the next thing I knew, when that was over, you know, I got a call from the other editor at the time, Andy Schmidt, and uh, 
he said that John was going to be writing this new series and he wanted me to draw it. And uh, I don't know, maybe John can elaborate more, but that's that's what I know of it. Yeah, no, I, when I came on to the Dark of the Moon stuff, I um, like I was writing the, the adaptation and then two prequels, and I all I knew was that I had to get started because I didn't know like, three artists had to get going like within a week or something. It was, it was I was like turning in like five pages for each guys for each guy to try to get ahead on the stuff, and I didn't know who anybody was. Um, Andy totally picked you out, uh, or whoever, Andy or Carlos or whoever was was picking people. But uh, once I started seeing the pages, I absolutely you know couldn't have been happier it was just uh just worked really well together i thought um and i i mean i tell the story a lot there's this one panel in there in issue one then i'd never worked with andrew i didn't know you know what he what he was capable of or what he was what he was doing but i wrote this this line where megatron says um uh, he said freedom but he uh he was supposed to say it like he was just really disgusted at saying the word freedom like he was just spitting it out and i wrote this panel and i was like oh you know i'm gonna have to go back and like add some dialogue later to make sure that it comes across that he's like disgusted with it. It's going to have to be, uh, you know, he said freedom and boy, I hate freedom, you know, something like that. <laughs> but, uh, the way Andrew drew it, and this is, this is movie Megatron, you know, uh, the way Andrew drew it, you, you could see the disgust in his face when he was saying it. And I was like, Oh man, this guy can draw anything. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, when the time came, like, I, I, I think we were both like sort of separately, but at the same time, uh, in, in, in Andy's mind moved on to an ongoing uh, after that. Like I remember asking who was going to draw it and he was like, well, I'm going to ask Andrew. I'm like, Oh, perfect. That's, yeah. yeah, that's ideal. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. No, the short, short, short answer. No, I don't have any more to elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuck, before I monopolize all the questions, do you have anything you wanted to jump in with? Yeah. The only question I had right now at this time is you guys write in, uh, draw the Transformers comic book. Do you guys collect any of the Transformer toys right now? I I'm actually do. sitting here fiddling with a uh, 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 Fall of Cybertron Optimus Prime as we talk. So, sort of. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do more than my wife would like me to. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the safe answer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I pick things up. Like, if I'm in the store, I see ones I like, or I, I don't know, like, I've also gone back because in the 90s I sold off a lot of my Transformers thinking they'd never come back. And right. then I regret that now. And I pick up a lot of like, um, if I'm at a flea market or a yard sale or I see something on eBay at a good price, I'll, you know, I'll get up, get some of the old ones again. And, yeah, do you do the, I was going to ask this, the follow up question to that. Do you collect the G1s also, the G1 Transformers? Yeah, in fact, as, as a yard sale, no, no, flea market, I guess, recently. And I, it was so weird because I had just been thinking, man, I, I always wished that I had Sunstreaker. I always wished that I had um, replaced my Snarl. And, like, who was it? Yeah, one of the jump starters I think I wanted to. And I just went to the flea market, and there were all three of them there at this one guy's booth. And they are all, like, really cheap. And he gave, gave them to me all for, like, 40 bucks, And they're all in great shape. So um, it was just the weirdest thing. It was, like, <laughs> it's like, okay, that was, like, almost meant to happen or something. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, I still get those when I can, when I see them. Very nice. That's awesome. <laughs> now, do you guys do you guys use? Because we've heard this from other creators, do you use the excuse of it's for reference material? <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, this way you can write it off. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my line too. <laughs> I actually use them sometimes too. So, yeah. well, uh, and this kind of. Uh, ties in for both of you as well. Uh, we, I had the pleasure of speaking with uh, Andy Schmidt uh, at a convention one year, and we talked about when he took over Transformers. 
and he said it was kind of just this big continuity, like mixed up continuity, I guess is the best way to describe it, where he kind of had to start making sense of it all uh, and see how it would all fit together. Now, you guys kind of ran into a, a almost a similar, not I don't want to say it was a similar situation as far as being a mess, because I think it kind of all worked out in the end, but you guys started with this relaunch, and it, in my opinion, and I think in Chuck's opinion as well, the relaunch has quite a bit different tone than than the series that preceded it. Uh, how much, how tough was that to kind of like almost go? I don't want to say go in a different direction, but kind of go in a, a take have a new take on it, but still keep everything that came before. Yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I think that's what I mean. That's sort of the mandate when you come on to onto a comic. You know, I mean, like I don't want to, you know, in any way sound like I'm trying to like, disrespect anything anybody did before. But at the same time, you know, you have to kind of come in with a, a, a new a new voice. I mean, you can't like nobody wants you know nobody wants me trying to write uh, Mike Costa. Nobody wants Andrew trying to draw Don Figueroa. Right. You know, it, it was a um, you know. So you, I, I don't know. I mean, like I uh, when I got the gig, I sat down and I wrote. I read every IDW comic and I, I took these insane notes and I have this like 70 page document of like every event that had occurred up to the, up to the, uh, uh, uh issue 31. And, um, you know, this is sort of my way of, of kind of doing, if this is as a writer, this is before sure. and as an editor, um, it was my kind of my way of trying to make sense of the, of, of the whole world. Like I, I kind of went in as like a, I don't know, like an archeologist or something, you know, digging up where everybody was and what everybody was doing. But at the same time, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, um, I, don't know, I mean, I didn't want to try to write like Simon Furman or Mike Costa or Shane McCarthy, and you know, nothing against any of those guys. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm working with with well, all three of those guys are working with us right now, so it's not like there's any, um, you know, any bad blood or anything. No, right, uh, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, one of the things that that uh, I've noticed, and a lot of our listeners have, have noticed, and this is in no way meaning, like you were just saying, it's no way meaning that what came before was bad or what's coming after is necessarily better. But what what I've noticed, and what a lot of our listeners have noticed, is that it seems like the both Transformers comics are a lot more focused on what I would consider almost like a traditional comic or even like an eighties comic where there's a lot of subplots going on. There's a lot of stories mm-hmm. going on where I think the series that came before, and again, not to say that they were bad cause they were, they were actually awesome. Um, were a little bit more straightforward stories where it was like, we're going from point A to point B where both books right now, which I actually love because I grew up with comics that did this all the time. You know, Claremont with X-Men did this all the time <laughs> where it was, right. you have, like you're going from point A to point B, but there's also point C, D, E, and F that you're going to be hitting along the way that you might revisit later on. So was that meant? Like was that intentional? That like, look, we want to make this a little bit more, a little bit more of a complex world than it was before. Or? Yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, I think um, you know when you kind of look at I don't know, like the history of comics in the last 15 years or so, there there was a real move around around the millennium or around moving towards doing stories that were very much set at, at, um, uh, you know, to be trade paperbacks. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you remember back that far, but there used to be stores in which they sold books. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, uh it is, I mean, joking aside, like the trade paperbacks and, and uh, this hardcover collections and everything are a huge, huge part of our business. I mean, we still, right. there, there are a lot of people who read things that way. Um, but at the same time, I think in the intervening years, there's been like sort of a resurgence of single issue sales. And I think 
the onset of digital, like that's become the next, you know, that's the next big thing. Like where, where trade paperbacks are going to be the, you know, the big thing circa 2000, 2001, you know, now it's all these people coming in and buying stuff digitally. And it's, it winds up to me functioning a little different that way that, that you'd be, you're, you're more in tune to a periodical, a periodical buying, but a periodical buying in which every issue of everything always stays in print and is always as available as it was the first week it came out. Right. And that's kind of a different world to start living in. So, I don't know, to me, my reaction to it was to kind of try to pack more stuff into every issue and, and, and try to have each, make, make sure each issue was a, um, a discrete unit of, of story. Um, at the same time, having these, these, these things kind of continuing on, you know, the, the um, Especially for the first, what like maybe um, eleven issues, um, our idea is very much: if you pick up one issue, there's at least a story in there that goes from point A to point B to point C and is over. Uh, even if it has repercussions that go on, or there's other things going on, you know, it's very much a one to kind of try to get each one to to be on its on its own. But when you you know when you read five of them together, it kind of forms a, a larger you know story, hopefully. Yeah. So I don't know. That part was was. Um, Intentional. Um, I think you know, it was really like way back when, when James and I first started talking about it, when we both just came on as writers, and even before we knew, you know, it was going to be Andrew and um, uh, Alex drawing the books, Alex Mill drawing uh, uh, More Than Meets the Eye. Uh, James Roberts is the writer of More Than Meets the Eye. We both kind of had an idea of wanting to pack more stuff into the issues than than, um, than we've been seeing a lot. I think you see that a lot now. I mean, I think like if you look at like Hawkeye or something at Marvel, I think it's kind of doing uh, you know a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Andrew, I, when I ask this question, it, it it's not to try to get you, get you in trouble with with, with John, <laughs> but um, no, just because I know diff- writers and artist teams work a little differently. But um, how do you, is there a lot? I'm trying to think how to word this. Do you have much input as far as the story direction like do you suggest things sometimes to john to say hey i saw what you're doing here but i was thinking maybe this might work better things like that or is it pretty much here's the script i draw it well i don't like to dictate anything to him but i um i do he's actually very open about letting me contribute ideas and some things i've suggested have actually made it into the books um like there's a scene i think it was issue nine where um there's stuff going on with with Blur, and he's kind of like, well, what, what's the word? A little jaded or cynical about what's going on with the Autobots, and he's, you know, he's had bad stuff going on with Prowl, and um, and it tied into what was going on at the time in Autocracy, the digital only right. comic that that was way back in the past, and yep. I was like, wow, that really ties into stuff that happened before, and you know, Spotlight Blur, and I was like, you know, Blur should, you know, I was like, that's pretty cool that you know you guys are tying this all together and john's actually like no i didn't even think about it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. yeah i thought for a minute i was like yeah yeah totally good i'm glad you picked up on that andrew type 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 no but uh <laughs> yeah we had that happen with uh we had uh mike Costa on the one time and he did a uh scene in the cobra issue where he had uh, uh chuckles blow up a fishing village and i and we just hope happened at the time be reading gi joe real american hero number one where Cobra blew up a fishing village. And I was like, oh, was that an homage to G.I. Joe number one? And he goes, yeah, sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I understand things can happen by accident, but it, it's it's also amazing when it's like, I, I don't know, I think sometimes it means that it was that story was meant to go in that direction too. 
But yeah, I mean, also like certain characters. Um, I know when I first started the series, Andy said, hey, you know, let us know, you know, which characters you'd like to draw, because I really want, you know, the artists and the writers that are on these books to be really excited about working on them. I want them to be, you know, passionate about it. So, you know, there was some wiggling around of like who got which characters to play because, you know, the art. So the artists also got input for who they wanted to draw. And like, I really wanted to use Skylinks for some reason, because I always liked his toy and yeah. uh, he just hasn't really been in IPW yet. Yeah. So I've been pushing John and more and more he's been using him. So either way, absolutely beautiful scene with Skylinks and all of the uh, Dinobots around him. Uh, Thanks. That that I opened up that splash page and I was like, oh, I need a poster of this. <laughs> yeah, that would be really sweet. That, that was Could the I next question, question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask um, if you had any input with characters, inserting them into books and stuff like that, but you kind of answered that for me. But what about any uh, future characters coming on that we haven't seen yet? Any sneak peeks you can give us at this time? Uh, I'll let John answer that. <laughs> I won't get in trouble with John. So. <laughs> okay. Circuit? Fan favorite circuit. <laughs> <laughs> so the one person has heard of him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, um. I, will, I will say that's actually one of the things, uh, again, that I think a lot of our listeners like and I like um, is that it all the attention on both, again, both Transformers books isn't on always or isn't always on the big names that you've always heard before. We are seeing a lot of these other characters that, didn't have big roles before, like Metalhawk. Metalhawk was a very obscure character. I had actually looked back to see who he was before, and it's a very different character now, but he's very cool. So, Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. more along the lines of, like, Power Glide or Gears or Brawn, you know, some of the smaller guys. Um, there, you, there it could be lot. wishful thinking on my end. So. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm There's a lot of characters that are going to show up between issues, like, 12 and 15. There's... Okay. Um, uh, that's fair to say, right, Andrew? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and well, like, I, don't, I guess you guys probably noticed, like, um, John brought in, you know, people from other continuities, like, like Skybite was a bit of a fan favorite from Robots in Disguise, which is just coincidental. But, um, and there are a couple of characters that I recently mentioned to John. I thought it'd be cool to bring in who are fan favorites from other continuities, and I don't know if he's considering that or not. But um, I just deleted that email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, like Ryan uh, deleting my characters that uh, characters that I like and I know a lot of our fan uh, fans like, but Chuck does not have any appreciation for. Is there any possibility we might see any Beast Wars characters? Uh, actually, yes, yeah, sorta. Okay. That's that's enough. <laughs> that's, that's enough. <laughs> uh, Crash, did you have a question? Yeah, I just had the question. Um, I didn't want to interrupt, but I had the question. Is there any characters that you guys really wanted in there that, like, the other guys grabbed up first? Yeah, there, there's a little bit of, of kind of um, moving stuff around. Uh, there are definitely uh, – I'll, I'll give you a great example. Was was um, Like, I kind of – James and I both pitched stories separately, um, and – there are certain characters that were sort of locked into place. Like we already, we knew Bumblebee was going to be in it, leading the Cybertron book. Uh, Prowl was going to be in that book from the beginning. Uh, so that's kind of how I wound up with Prowl, even though I was really excited. It's Prowl, uh, Prowl's the first Transformer I bought as a toy. Um, so uh, um, the one character that I think we, we both kind of went for was uh, Ultra Magnus played a big role in both of the initial pitches. Uh, but the way he sort of played in More Than Meets the Eye was like very specific to Ultra Magnus, whereas I kind of needed somebody who would be um, like physically tough 
and able to conduct a uh, an investigation and wasn't pro, um, and that we wound up basically trading it. Trading it, like I, uh, Jim, or more than more than meets the eye. I got Ultra Magnus, and then we got Wheeljack and Ironhide, who between the two of them sort of fit that bill. You know, and the investigation kind of changed from being like a police investigation to being uh, like the scientific investigation. You saw an issue seven, the one that Brendan drew, okay. um, the one on Turmoil spaceship. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, so the, yeah, there's some, there's a little back and forth on that. I mean, there's definitely, you know, every once in a while will be a, you know, character that, you know, maybe, uh, uh, Andrew asks if we can use and now he's on the lost light. Uh, I'm sure you'd like to have Cosmos, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like Cosmos. Cosmos <laughs> would be awesome. Well, yeah, I no, no, I mean, I know Andrew, like, Andrew, Andrew really does like, like Cosmos. I, I do too. But, yeah. I know, um, <laughs> the other artist, Alex, has, you know, teased me sometimes because, like, he kind of feels in a, an association with RC because he's drawn a couple of spotlights and stuff with her in it. So he, he's a little jealous that I get to draw RC. Nice. Yeah, he's mentioned that to me, too. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> RC's so, pretty deadly, so, uh, in a cool way, but. Yeah. Well, and she's like one of the few female Transformers, right? Yeah, yeah right, there's right. a few more out there, but yeah, she's the one well known. So and she was the first, I think. Yeah, yeah, that I, yeah, as far as I can think, yeah. Yep. Um, now, uh, John, I know that you have uh, only a certain amount of time, so I wanted to jump in a little bit into the editor side for you. Um, okay. Now, one of the, and still tying into Transformers, um, we know that when it was initially uh, launched, uh, the Gen, uh, Regeneration One uh, was stated that it would it would run up to issue 100. If it if it's doing well by then, is it still the plan that it's going to end at 100, or is it something that might be revisited at that time? Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could never say anything for sure, but um, I mean, there, there is a, there is a very specific story that Simon uh, and Andrew are, are looking to tell. Okay, I guess that's what uh, I guess is if there's like a definitive end that they have in mind and goal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, the whole. I mean, Simon has, has has the whole thing plotted out, and it's it's um, I mean, it's a big story, um, and, it, and it definitely goes towards an end goal. Um, you know, whether or not you know who, who knows, but um, uh, I don't know. Right now, still you know, hundred still seems a ways off. It's hard to sure. it's hard to even think that far ahead. Sure. <laughs> sure. Well, I can say, I mean, it's it. I never thought I would see that happen, uh, especially the creative team again, because uh, Wild oh, yeah. it's a beautiful artist and and uh obviously simon Furman's well respected and well known in the transformers community so uh to see them team up again uh is is just awesome um yeah it's pretty and and uh and steven baskerville and inks I mean, it's one of those yeah. rare times where you have to got the entire yeah like, exact creative team that did um issue 80 is, is back for 81 i forgot he's on there. yeah wow um <laughs> uh and then so flipping over to, to the Joe side of things, um, obviously there's been, there were some big announcements at New York Comic Con, um, and I think yeah, yeah. I think a little bit different than what a lot of fans had heard rumor wise. A lot of fans, I'm sure you heard the rumors, were thinking that Joe was going down to one title as far as the IDW continuity. Um, was that a possibility of that happening or was it always planned that we're just going to do this relaunch with a different direction for these titles? Um, th- there were a number of things we talked about at different points. Um, I, w- w- what I think happened was it, at, um, 
I think it was at the Diamond Retailer Summit somewhere. Um, Dirk, uh, Dirk Wood, our, our, our PR director. I'm just going to put the blame right on him. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he was talking to retailers. He was talking about um, sort of simplifying things where, where are you speaking in sort of broad strokes about, about not having, uh, about, about trying to not be confusing about what books are coming out. I mean, I think um, historically that's been one of the problems with, with some of the, the G.I. Joe books, that if you're going back and trying to read Cobra, it's more difficult than it ought to be, you know, because there's been all these different Cobra series with different names and, and um, um, like you're sort of broadly talking in that in that way. And I think it, it, it sort of turned into sounding like uh, like we're going to be cutting the line down to one book. Gotcha. Yeah, there, there, I mean, it, honestly, at one point we had talked about maybe looking at, at doing like one series three times a month, you know, with, with different focusing on different um, different aspects of the team. You know, so like like six issues would be uh, uh, focusing on the, the group in the Cobra book or something, but it, that kind of started to sound more confusing too. Um, so there's nothing ever that was really um, in any way solid, uh, you know, prior to kind of coming up with this plan. Okay. 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 But uh, yeah, I mean, is it? Oh, good. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. My question on the GI Joe is right now with the books that we have, the GI Joe and the Snake Eyes. And Storm Shadow and the Cobra book, they all seem to kind of, uh, you know, mingle back and forth and, uh, they're all intertwined. The new G.I. Joe direction, is it going to be single stories or are they going to intertwine the same as they're doing now? Um, for, for the beginning, for the beginning of the relaunch, we're going to, I mean, they all take place in the same world. It's still the same G.I. Joe team. Um, the, the, the characters, you know, still know each other, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I think we really want to try to establish three separate identities for the books. Oh, good, uh, good. So I, I don't think, you know, we're not going to do, uh, like, I mean, it, it's easy when Chuck's writing G.I. Joe and, and, and writing Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow to do a crossover between the two because it's just Chuck. You just have to coordinate with, right. with both Chucks. Right. Um, you know, but, but uh, uh, you know, one, one of the ideas here is to really kind of split it so each, each book is going to have a really distinctive voice. Um, where uh, uh, GI Joe, just GI Joe, is, is going to really have sort of a, 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 I don't know, very like adventurous, um, like big action, uh, action oriented, yeah, yeah, uh, action oriented um, take to it, you know, with a little bit more of um, a high tech angle to it. Special Missions is very much going to be a, a military book, uh, you know, a military espionage type type book that Chuck Chuck excels at and that uh, Paul Glacey sells it drawing um then cobra is you know the cobra files will be absolutely the uh, dark espionage the dark corners um of, of the joe universe like it has been yeah. i think it's really important to kind of you know hit what what each of those books is going to be make it um you know, make sure each one's distinctive and, right. and, and worth reading on its own now, um now so when we it, probably will see characters float between the two here and there okay, you know, okay. Uh, sure okay uh, but the the actual books themselves at least for the first year, I don't think we're going to look at doing something where you have to read, where you'd read like special missions one. Then, uh, right? Okay, thank you. That that was my question. If you have to buy all three of the books to get the the story, or you can right. buy like you know one of the books and have one good story, or do you need to buy all three of them to understand exactly what's going on in the world? Yeah, no. I mean, I think it'll probably more feel more like the model of um, more than meets the eye and R.I.D. Where okay. um, there'll, be, there'll be points of intersection here and there, except that, I mean, the points of intersection will be a lot easier because they will be on the same planet. 
Uh, all the GI Joe books are still yeah, it's always place easier. Yeah. yeah, it's always easier. Well, well thanks uh, for clearing that up for me. I really appreciate it. Now, oh, yeah. um, with uh, with GI Joe, we we did hear a lot from uh, Fred Van Lente mentioning what his uh, direction, what he was looking to to go with that book. Uh, Mike Costa, it sounds like his is the Cobra Files book will be kind of along the same lines as what maybe along the same lines of what he's kind of been doing. Uh, now with special missions, is it going to be kind of similar to what old special missions would be, which is you might see some different characters you haven't seen in a while going on missions that maybe have nothing to even to do with Cobra or. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. One and done stories. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's sort of the, um, the plan is it's almost a, a Mission Impossible type thing nice. where, where we'll, you're going to get a team assembled for, for this you know, specific mission. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be kind of experimenting with um, you know, length of storylines, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so I, I think opening up the first story arc, I think, is uh, – don't hold me to this, but I think sure. it's four issues. Okay. Um, but then you know, after that, there's, there's no there's – no, like, editorial mandate that every story has to be that. That was just the sure. story that Chuck and uh, uh, Paul were, were telling was, was that long. Okay. okay. So I think it'd be a lot of fun to do, okay. you know, like I said, do done in ones, do, you know, okay. get some cool uh, guest, guest characters, you know, all that kind of stuff in there. Okay. Well, uh, well, John, before we let you, let you go, uh, since we have you both on here, we do want to do a segment with both of you on. Uh, it's a quick segment, uh, but we have a segment anytime we have creators on. It's called our firing range. Uh, okay. They're just, these are, Quick questions. Uh, you can e- explain your answer if you want to, but you don't need to. Uh, these are either classic debates in the world of geekdom, or they are debates that Chuck and I have had on the show. Um, and we always see it. Always seems like creators have a lot of fun with with this. So, um, so there's ten questions. Again, you can explain your answer if you want to, but you don't need to. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll have John go first. Andrew, you can answer next, and then uh, we'll go from there. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. All right. When it comes to muffins, blueberry or chocolate chip? Blueberry. Blueberry. Damn. You both are correct. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, this should be right up your guys' alley. Autobot or Decepticon? Uh, Autobot, but the kind that does uh, underhanded things. <laughs> Autobots. I always. I don't know why I always found them more interesting. Like the, the characters were more compelling or something. I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and and to give you an idea, uh, these are all. Sometimes they are even these ones that seem like classic debates are sometimes the things we have on the show because uh, Chuck tends to lean towards the bad guys. I tend to lean more towards the good guys. So uh, <laughs> this is one of our filter questions, uh, but you can still answer it wrong if you wish to. Um, <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I have to say, I actually thought you were going to ask that. Uh, uh, I am uh, about midway through rewatching all of Star Trek, uh, so I got to say Star Trek right now. I'm, I'm uh, season three of Deep Space Nine and uh, season one of Voyager. Uh, I started, uh, I started from from the original series when uh, uh, when I had the when the baby was born. I needed a show to watch while I was kind of bouncing her to sleep. Okay, yeah, uh, I wrote and. Well, and this will be why we're having you off the show soon. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> now. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Uh, okay, Andrew. Uh, Star He's all about episode one, right? Yeah, Star Wars, particularly pre prequels. Sure, sure. Not <laughs> worse. Yeah, he's yeah, like, a huge Star Wars fan, but now I'm like, I like Star Wars. <laughs> cool. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tied into IDW, your favorite turtle. 
Uh, Donatello. Okay. Leonardo. Okay. Nice. I, I'm a Leonardo guy. Uh, Chuck, you're what? Uh, Raphael? Raphael overall, but with the new cartoon that's coming out by Nickelodeon, I got to say the first impressions of Michelangelo. I, I like that guy. Really? Okay. Yeah. And Crash, don't worry. We're going to go over these questions with you later. So. <laughs> yeah, I figured as much. You can study. <laughs> All right. You can write down your answers now. Uh, when it com- I got one at the end. <laughs> uh, when it, if you're familiar with the Odd Couple, are you more of a Felix or an Oscar? Uh, uh, which one's uh, which one's Klugman? Oscar is the messy. Uh, Oscar, one. Oscar, yeah, yeah, Oscar. Which one's the messy one again? That's Oscar. Oscar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe or Cobra? Cobra. Uh, I'll say Joe and be boring, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, this this is a huge debate on the show, and it never seems to end. Uh, Duke or Flint? Duke. Flint. No, boo. Andrew, I like. <laughs> John, again, this is the reason why we're kicking you off the show soon. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, okay, this one, only one, well, maybe two people have answered this in Chuck's favor, but we'll see what happens. Uh, R2-D2 or C-3PO? Uh, R2. Yeah, R2-D2, yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple fools that pick C-3PO. I don't know. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, and this is also a huge debate on the show. Uh, is Chewbacca a sidekick? No, oh, that's... Uh, yes, the... That's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'd have to say no, thinking about it too long. Okay. <laughs> I'd say yes. Okay. Not the ultimate sidekick. You can stay yes. on if you want to now. I, I'm, I'm in the <laughs> of not being. He's totally a sidekick. <laughs> All right. And this might be uh, a very tough question, or it might be very easy for you guys, but this is number 10 here. Uh, your favorite Transformer? Uh, Prowl overall. Okay. okay. Uh, I'd probably still go with Blue Street because he was my favorite when I was a kid. So. Nice. I had that one when I was a kid. I only had a few, but that was one of the ones I had. Very nice, very nice. Good pick, good pick. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Crash, you, did you have any rapid? Yeah, I just had a quick one. Uh, Rumble or Frenzy? Since you're Transformers guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would actually say Frenzy. Uh, I'd say Rumble, and for me, he's, he's red. Okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> Picked his color, nice. <laughs> well, uh, John, I, I don't want to keep you uh, too long here, yeah, but uh, we would love to have you come back sometime, anytime you'd like to. Um, uh, it's been a treat. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to stay on longer next time. Sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. no, no, no problem. Thank, thank you for your time. Thank well, you. Understand? Oh, I thank you. It. Yeah, we we loved having you on, and like I said, uh, we'd love to have you on again uh, anytime in the future. So yeah, maybe cool. we'll run into you at a con or something. Yeah. Sounds yeah, hopefully and uh, yeah, feel free to contact me anytime. Love to be back on. Uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, take care. Good night, John. All right, Andrew. Now you get to tell us all the dirt you know on John. Yeah, now that John's gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? <It's> like, <laughs> what you don't know. Is... <laughs> uh, he actually edits all the Star there. Trek books first. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, so Andrew. Uh, one one thing I definitely wanted to ask, like when when did you know, or when did you think you could actually make a living from drawing? Like when when did I, I'm sure you loved drawing from an early age, but when were you like, 
wow, I might actually be able to do something with this. Like, when did you realize that? I always kind of wanted to. Like, I even went to school for art and stuff, and I I took a lot of graphic design classes just because I wanted to actually, like, be able to get a job, and uh, <laughs> that worked out. And I, you know, did pretty well with that, but then after I, I got married, I kind of settled down. I was at home a lot more and just started drawing again, and I hadn't for a long time. And within a few months, I was posting things on, like, contests and um, nice. uh, on, on DeviantArt and stuff. And I had only been drawing really, like, few months and um when idw first contacted me because i part in a contest they had it was called like um what was it called the next cover artist or something like that for okay. transformers so i got in like the, the the final running for that i wasn't the top place but nice. i got final runnings for that and then a few um weeks later they contacted me they were looking for artists for the uh, movie books nice. and uh, okay. so that i guess i guess that's when i knew i could possibly make a living at this when i started you know because before it always seemed like a pipe dream. Sure. <laughs> yeah, when they started calling back, it seemed real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I, I looked on uh, Comic Book uh, DB, uh, Comic Book Database, and uh, you can correct me if, if I'm wrong. It looked like, from what I could see there, one of your earliest things you did was a cover for the Jazz Spotlight. Is that correct, or was that not the earliest? Well, that's technically that's the first thing I did, but um, that wasn't the first thing I was paid to do because a few friends of mine um pitched that book and i did a cover for them that went in with the pitch and they ended up liking the pitch and everything in the cover so much that they used the cover but that didn't get approved until after i had already been paid to do a couple of covers for them for other things okay okay so yeah that was one of the first things okay now um now i what one of the things i noticed with with your art uh well two things i noticed one is it seems like you are very uh, generation one, almost generation one cartoon influence. It seems like your art, real, at least for Transformers, really wants to capture that look. Uh, is that kind of what you're going for, or? Well, um, are you talking about like in Robots? Yeah, disguise. In disguise yes, okay. yes. Yep. To a degree, because I like you know, with so many different universes out there now, with um, you know, Prime and the movies and animated, and you know, the War for Cybertron stuff. I definitely wanted this to be a, a G1 book because this is still like this, this uh, IDW universe is the only current, you know, G1 property that's out there, you know, really. Yeah. So I, I definitely wanted it to have some of that G1 feel. Okay. So to a degree, yeah, that is intentional. Okay. And then, Good. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, now, one of the other things I noticed with your art and uh, is that, it seems like you're very detailed uh, in a very good way. Um, and that there seems to be a lot of, uh, it seems like when you can, you put a, a lot on the page, a lot, a lot of characters, a lot of, a lot of things going on that you can stare at a page and notice something you hadn't seen before. Um, who would you say are some, do you have certain influences that has made you go in that direction? Or is that just kind of like, this seems to be where my art's taking me. It's kind of where the script takes me. Okay. <laughs> John, John loves to write crowd scenes. Okay. Um, so we, we joke about that a lot. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I can really say that there's a specific influence that, that influences that, except that, um, I don't know, I like to flesh out the world, you know? Like, okay. if you notice, there are certain nails that have shown up in other issues, you know, that, that have been in the background before. Right. Uh, but then other ones don't because I hate those things like in any property where like you always see the same background guy or thousands of years later in Transformers, you know, you see somebody that had been focal before mm-hmm. and now they're the focal point again or in the background again. It's like, right. 
but but sometimes that would happen. So I try to mix it up where like there are re- returning background characters, but then there's also like new ones and um and yeah, I like to throw in little Easter eggs, um, you know, junkions now and then, and I, I put I put the Rock Lords in one issue and. Um, oh, now I got to go back. What do you remember? What issue that was in? Because I got to go back and find them now. I was issue four, Nugget and everything. Oh wow! Uh, I got to go. Nice. Back. Wow, that's a trademark violation. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Hasbro owns GoBots now, and they were. Oh, that's right. Fun. So that was I got clearance on that before I did it. <laughs> nice, nice. I so is, is that the next book that's coming out from IDW? Is GoBots? <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, nice. I was, I was say, hoping for Mask, but I'll take GoBots. If they did Battle Beats, Battle Beasts, I mean. This guy's right. Anything's possible, yeah. That, but, that's kind of reminds. I was gonna say sorry. Next, no, it's okay. I was gonna say that's the next thing we need. Uh, next time we get John on on the phone, we need to uh, make sure that we tie him down and have him tell us what the next property is that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I just like to like flesh out the world, and especially when I do crowd scenes, I like to put something in there for people to find, you know. I've definitely noticed like uh like you were talking about re- recurring background characters. I definitely have noticed like certain characters. And I actually like you said if it happens too much, it, yeah, it can get repetitive and it's like oh they're always drawing the same person, but definitely doesn't happen with with your art, but I do notice sometimes like oh, I think I remember seeing that character a few issues ago and now he's in a different location and that's kind of cool because it makes you feel like this is a small band of of uh Cybertronians that are are in this one area on Cybertron. So they're obviously going to be running across each other a little bit more, more frequently. Right. But on the other hand, it's not like there's a few dozen of them. There's a few thousand. Right. So, <laughs> so you're going to see new ones. And like, sometimes I'll just, the nails are a lot of fun to draw. Cause I just kind of design them on the fly. And I usually have a lot of times I'll have someone in mind. Like, um, have you guys seen spirited away? Yeah. There's that one, uh, spirit in there that was like, I forget the specifics, but I think he had like a black robe and like a, a white mask with some like rosy. Yeah, the cannibal spirit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I based one of the nails off of him in issue two. There's a page where like Starscream's walking down the street, big splash page, and there's one in the background that was based on him, and then there was another one that was kind of kind of based on Blitzwing. So, okay. um, you know, it, it's they're just a lot of fun to to play with. Nice. Now, has there ever been a time where you drew someone, let's say, in the background, and John saw it and said? Hey, let's bring that character into the story. I don't think. Or he hasn't told you that he has, and he's just stealing your ideas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think that happened in Foundation, um, the movie book. Okay. He's like, oh, remember that guy that was here? You know, maybe he can be in the background here again, and that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Very nice. Now, I know Ryan ran into you at Baltimore Con and was able to get a sketch uh, of a Transformer. Of Optimus Prime from you. Yes. If someone's not lucky enough to, you know, meet you in person at a con, is there a way they can contact you, or do you have a website where they can go to you and request a commission sketch or something? Yeah, um, I'm on DeviantArt. If if you have an account there, um, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I, I have a, a a blog too. It's just um, GloveStudios.blogspot.com. Um, so you can always reach me there. Um, yeah, I'm pretty reachable that way. Okay, because I, I have seen Ryan's sketch, and if you guys really want a, oh my God. a nice, high-quality Transformer art piece, this is the way to go. Andrew, it's really nice. Yeah. I was really impressed with it. Oh, thanks. And, and I felt, and I think I even said it to you at the convention, I felt bad asking you to draw Optimus Prime, because I'm sure you get asked to draw him a lot. Um, but it's my favorite Transformer, and I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of your art, 
uh, in Robots in Disguise, and I was like, well, this would be great if I can get him to, to draw Optimus Prime, and it, and it is a, an amazing piece, so I'm very, very happy Thanks. with it, so... Yeah, I, I know the next convention I, w- I go to, I'm going to try to track you down and maybe get like an Ironhide piece. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, I've been trying to go to more conventions. I hadn't gone any for a while, but then this year I made a made a point to go to some. So I'm trying to do it more often. Any you're looking at for the future? Or is it too early yet? Or I'd like to go to BotCon next year, depending on where it is. Um, okay. Transformers one. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You would probably clean up there. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. I, there's a um, what is it? New, New Jersey Collectors Con. I was. Gone yeah, to do this year, yeah. but they didn't have any tables, so they, they said uh, next year they'd like to have me. And then, okay, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking about Baltimore again next year. You know, okay, uh, yeah. maybe Wizard One of World. Our listeners, like- uh, Wizard World, yeah. One of our listeners, Rock, he actually goes to that New Jersey toy show. Him and his son go. They're big GI Joe guys, but I'm sure he could swing by and say hi if you were there. Yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a good one for me because I've done a little bit of GI Joe too. So yeah. GI Joe Transformers, that's good for me. Yep. Yep. Um, now I know uh, after I got that commission, one of our uh, friends and listeners, uh, his name's Eric. He got after he saw mine, he ran to your table and got Prowl drawn because Prowl was one of his favorites. And when he came back with Prowl, I'm like, okay, um, at this point, I next time I see him, I need to just like bring a lot. Oh, here's, here's exactly what happened. Here. Let me cut him off. Let me cut him off. He goes. Is it wrong if I go ask him to do another one? Because it's really cool and I want another one, but I don't want to look like that guy. Well, not only that, but I, tell, Chuck, do you remember what I said I wanted him to draw? All of them. Well, he's that, yeah, but <laughs> but do you remember the group that I want? I was actually thinking of a group. Oh, I, I don't recall that. It was the Dinobots. Because the I, Dinobots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, it would be wrong if I went to him and said, I want all of the, the Dinobots drawn. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You probably would have been I, there I, all I told day. him, I was like, well, you know what? If you say please, I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Prowl one was on Sunday, where it was a little, a little less busy, yeah. so I but probably more time to work on it. Yeah, too. yeah. Well, I mean, even with Optimus, if he didn't have as much time to work on it, I'd, I couldn't tell. Yeah, so. you couldn't tell. It's awesome looking. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so. um, now, is there anyone that you haven't been able to draw that you would be eager to draw that Again, they might not. I'm not asking for spoilers, like of anything coming up, but I'm just saying, like, is there any uh, characters that you would really like to see appear in the book that you would like to draw in the future? Howard Glide. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's in the other Andrew, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, actually, um, it's funny. I'd like to be able to draw Optimus Prime in continuity. Okay. I've drawn him in um, the movie continuity, but I don't think I've ever really drawn him in like the G1 continuity. I drew them on some covers for um, some Best of UK books when they reprinted the, the books from the UK. Oh, right, 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 yeah. But okay. I've never really drawn him like in the IDW continuity. So he was featured in a few issues now of RID, but those were the fill-in issues to give us a little more time to, yeah. to get ahead on the book, you know. So that was a little frustrating. It's like, oh, man, I really wanted to draw those. Yeah. But, was but, it was it Prey was the one that you drew? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw that cover. It was really nice, yeah. Thanks. The one with uh, Predaking? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy! How crazy is it to draw those uh, movie Transformers? God, those things have to be a pain. They are, but in another way, they're more forgiving because, like, there's so many details that you, you've, you know, fans can be very particular, but very few fans are, are going to say, "Oh, that gear should be a little more to the left," or that little piece <laughs> yeah, that, that's you know, not going to transform. That's very right. hard to yeah, pick yeah. out little little inconsistencies and stuff. So, so you can kind of away with um, 
a little more. Gotcha. <laughs> Babe farmers, who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have a saying over here on the show. It's G1 or go home. Well, no, that's your saying, Chuck. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's Chuck's saying. I, I like, I'm a G1 guy. I like just about every version of, of the Transformers, so. Yeah, you're silly that way. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, I, I forget what I was just about to ask you. Jeez. Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> you got any questions, Chris? Um, well, I had the one. I just the one I asked already. Um, I'm an artist too, so I'm, I'm always interested in all this stuff. And um, I've tried drawing Transformers before, and like you said, people are like, "Well, that's not right." But I like the. I'm looking at some of your stuff on the Transformers wiki, and I'm liking the uh, your artwork. Uh, I can't, of course, see the whole books, but there's some pretty great details and stuff on it. Thanks. Yeah. Now, um, since obviously uh, you, we were talking about it earlier, you, you're a fan of, you know, from younger days of the characters. Um, was it kind of surreal to draw to draw them and know that you're actually impacting continuity of these characters? Or, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it, it, <clears throat> I'm getting more used to it now, but it's still kind of surreal to walk into my local comic book store and see my stuff on the shelf there. <laughs> it, it's even more surreal when people will walk up to me in the store and be like, hey, are you going to be doing a, an appearance? Can I get in a sketch? And I'm like, how do you even know who I am? <laughs> Why are you stalking, stalking me? Why are you outside my house? <laughs> but it's neat, you know. Right. Probably probably the most surreal experience I had was um, at San Diego Comic-Con this year. John and myself and another artist, uh, Livio Ramondelli, who did the, the fill-in issues, right. um, we did a signing at the Hasbro booth. Um, and it was really surreal because it was just a line around the around the booth that kept on coming of all these different people who just wanted a signature on anything. We're like, we had nothing to do with this. They're like, oh, just sign it. <laughs> it seemed so, so enthralled just that somebody had worked on Transformers was there. Yeah. Um, the one guy was asking us how we came up with it. We're like, with what? He's like, what gave you the idea of like a robot turning into a car? On <laughs> uh, the Transformers TV show? <laughs> Dude, we were eight. Watch it as a kid. We were eight. We grew up yeah. with it too. So, yeah. see, when I was eight years old, I saw this car and I was like, "Well, that'd be really cool if it transformed into a robot." And I contacted Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, that was surreal. Though. Contacted Japan, right? <laughs> people were acting like we were like from the movie, and they were like people that were there filming us and and and, and flashing cameras and. I don't know. It was it was pretty weird. But. So so the yeah. question I have for you is how many times did you look <laughs> behind you to see if there was somebody else that they were trying to get a picture? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The next time that happens, you just start lying. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I created it. Yeah, they're they're all mine. <laughs> now that sounds like that would be an awesome experience. I mean, and it's uh, I know uh, creators, and I can totally understand this. I know creators don't like to think that they deserve that, but I mean, I, in honesty, I mean, what you're drawing is it's a it's a cult phenomena with a lot of people and you're doing a great job on it so you know soak it like chuck said soak it in take it all in yeah just wait till you go to botcon and you're mobbed (laughs) (laughs) it'll happen now is there a little uh little intense now yeah that um botcon what three years ago but at that point i wasn't working on like the main continuity or anything so but still i was pretty busy sure right now is there any other like drawing avenues that you're looking to head into anything that you can talk about. I realize sometimes there's things going on that can't be discussed, but is there any other books that you might be working on in the future? Anything that you're working on of your own? 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely got creator-owned ideas, and um, John and I had actually talked about a few before. He took on the editor thing when he was, you know, had more time to go into freelance things. He, he wanted to get into more creator-owned creator, creator -owned stuff, and I still have my ideas, and I have a bunch of friends that have been trying to break into, and they're always like, hey, can you draw this for me? I'm just too busy. So I don't even have busy... I don't even have time to get into my own stuff because sure. But but yeah, I would like to branch out a bit more. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now, but um, on the side, I do other work too. Like I do sketch cards for trading sets for like Star Wars and okay. You know, I've done like Vampirella and um, did some art for a video game company recently and stuff like that. So um, oh. you know, that that lets me branch out and, and keep the Transformer stuff a little more fresh. fresh but sure. Yeah, I, you won't get tired of it and burn out. Yeah, I'd love to branch into more stuff like. Try try some work with like some superheroes or something like that or some stuff with people in them, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have like a night uh, if you if like the heavens opened up and you got your dream character or dream job? What, what what character would you want to be drawn? Um, I'd like to do some of like the um, I, I don't know how you pigeonhole or define it down, but like kind of like Secret Avengers kind of stuff with characters like um. You know, like Black Widow and Hawkeye and, like, um, almost like pulpy kind of spy superhero kind of okay. stuff, in a sense. Um, I'd, I'd like to draw stuff in that kind of thing. That'd be cool. Okay. Okay, Very cool. cool. Very cool. Um, Chuck, did you have anything else that you wanted to... No, I... Just Thank you very much, Andrew, for coming on and talking to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah sure. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and just like we said to John, we'd love to have you on again uh, sometime, you know, down down the line. I uh, hope it'd be fine if we reached out to you and, and had you on again when a few more, several more issues have come out. Maybe there's some other things that we can have you on to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, we're we're kind of gearing up for, like, finishing up this big arc, and then we'll have another kind of main arc we're starting. I don't want to say too much about it, sure. but... Um, but that might be a good point. So sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about then. Yeah. Well, that I'll, power glide spotlight comes out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just can't let go of that power glide, huh? <laughs> we should do a power glide and cosmos team up for you. There you go. There you go. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, now also actually one last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, did you say blue streak was your first transformer? That you actually a red bumblebee was, but blue streak was my first like big transformer. If that makes sense. You I, know, he was yeah. like, I share your pain on the red Bumblebee, by the way. Um, yeah, Blue, Blue Streak was my first large Transformer too. Yeah, I asked, I asked for Bumblebee, and I got the red Bumblebee. So yeah, I had no idea when I got him that, that that was the wrong color. I just thought he was cool. I, I called him Cliff Jumper. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he, he could easily be confused for Cliff Jumper. <laughs> so mine was uh, uh, my, my first Transformers. I got them together uh, at the same time was uh, Skywarp and Hound. So nice. those have always nice. Been, uh, close spot to my heart and everything else so so if you get if you ever get a chance to draw one uh you know hound in there or something like that i think they're i think they're both still alive <laughs> hounds in the other book but skywarp featured into um robots in disguise in the second issue that's right okay yeah yeah so so he's still around somewhere yeah. but you'll see him soon very nice oh cool cool looking forward to it You'll see where he is. <laughs> <laughs> I take it'll be pretty evident where he's at. <laughs> unless, yeah. Unless he disappears again. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew. Well, uh, again, thank you very much. I appreciate that you reached out uh, and and remembered, uh, remembered <laughs> us. So. Yeah, there anything you want to plug real fast yeah. before you go? Um, just just encourage people to you know keep reading up Robots in Disguise, and I think 
people will be really happy where things are going, and there's going to be a big climax coming in the next few issues. So Very cool. Very cool. Okay, do you want to give us your uh, blog information one more time if somebody wants to hit you up for a sketch or something? Yeah, I'm on uh, DeviantArt, um, uh, and I'm also on um, Blogspot, Blogger, whatever, um, both of them as Glove Studios, G-L-O-V-E, like a glove on your hand, you know, studios.com. So, um, so that's that's usually where to find me. Great. I have my own site, but right now I don't have it active, so okay. I have to redesign it. So. Well, what I'll do is I'll put those on our uh, our show notes, uh, the ones you just mentioned, so this way okay. people can find you pretty easily. So, um, Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you. You're welcome. See you guys. See you. Bye. The Transformers will return after these messages. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. To Cybertron. Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. Also, a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. So, check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transforming Rollout. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. We now return to the Transformers. All right, Crash. Hey. So now you get so, to, now you get to see how the show is behind the scenes. <laughs> pretty much the same as it is in front of the scenes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, no secret. Except when you when you listen back to it now, you'll be like, wait a minute, they said this, and they took. I didn't hear him say that this time. <laughs> I take all the stuff that Chuck says and. Right. 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 <laughs> So, uh, you have a book out that uh, I actually have in my hands right now. Uh, if you want to tell our listeners what that is. Um, okay, well, the book um, is a project of my friend. Her name is Andrea Jacobs. She's actually my best friend's wife. And um, this book uh, basically came to her when her mother-in-law passed away and her daughter was having a really hard time dealing with it and um, actually her the book is called Granny Come Back Down Here and her daughter is actually the little girl in the book and it's the book itself is designed to um, to help children deal with death and um, I'm I'm the artist on it and of course she's the she's the writer so Mm -hmm. um and this was all part of actual uh, Kickstarter uh, campaign that was successful, obviously. So, well, yeah, um, we actually been working on the book for quite a while, and we actually um, just before I, I had the artwork done, she was talking about you know getting the money together to 
to actually publish the book herself. And I mentioned to her, hey, you know, why don't we try a Kickstarter? It couldn't hurt. And we could cover the costs of actually um, printing the book through Kickstarter. And um, that's what we ended up doing. And it actually took us two tries, but we actually were able to fund it. And thanks to people like you, Ryan. Um, (laughs) Happy to help. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I did read it. Uh, like you said, it's it's geared towards uh, kids, so it's it's a great way for them to. Uh, like you said, it's it's dealing with death, so it's a it's a tough topic to. It's a heavy topic for kids to deal with. So, um, but this does it in a, a little bit lighter way to help kids maybe understand it a little bit better. Uh, it definitely has its uh, religious tie-ins, uh, which I'm sure is a big influence and inspiration by the author. Um, well, yes, yeah, she, she's very religious. Yeah. Um, she goes, you know, church every Sunday, things like that. Um, but she was careful also when she wrote uh, or when she put down all the, the Bible quotes, she made sure that none of them um, said Jesus necessarily. And there, we did it, we did that on purpose for the reason that if somebody, say, is Jewish, they could still get this for their kid right. because it says God says <clears throat> this instead of you oh, know, okay. right. the, the New Testament stuff. Right. Um, so it's more – and if somebody's not necessarily religious, they can skip the Bible quotes. Yes. They're not actually tied directly into the story. They're just placed in the appropriate places in the story. Right, right. Um, and then – so was this your first uh, publication for yourself? Like first? Yes. Okay. How Was that intimidating that at all or was that um, – it was a learning experience. Um, the, I've learned things like bleed over when you're printing because we actually had to resubmit it a couple times to the printer because they were like, oh, well, it's supposed to have – you want a white border, right? And we're like, no, it's supposed to go to the edge of the page. And they're like, oh, well, then you need to do this. So I had to go back and readjust all the artwork, which I kind of prepared for that ahead of time so it wasn't as big of a deal as um, Andrea thought it would be. Okay. Uh, I didn't like have to redraw everything because most of this is done in Photoshop in layers and layers. And so it's really easy to adjust things. You know, if the background needs to be a little bigger, stuff like that. It's technical. I won't get too much into it. But needless to say, it was easier than she thought it would be. Sure. Oh, good. Um, good. Well, I'm, I'm familiar with some of that because uh, my wife's a graphic designer. So I, I'm fam- actually familiar with the terms of bleed over and, and things like that. So Yeah. Um, well, I wasn't until this. So now I know. <laughs> Next book's going to be white with pictures on it instead of, you know, all color to the edge. <laughs> um, is this her first book as well? Uh, no, actually, she's written. This is her first children's book. She's written like three or four novels. Okay. Um, like small. I, I don't want to say novellas. They're full size novels. But um, she, but yeah, this is I think her fourth book. I think. Okay. Now, did she uh, much like it happens with uh, comics and everything else? Uh, did she come back to you? Like, would you would you draw something and she'd come back saying, well, I'm looking more for this or not so much that? Like, did you have to do much of redrawing or was she pretty happy right off the bat with the things that you were presenting to her? Well, I kind of sat down with her. I did a bunch of thumbnails and um, like little sketches and kind of visualized what I was going to put on each page. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. No, that's not. And we kind of had to – we went back and forth a little bit. Um, and then when I actually did start doing the drawings, there was only like maybe – two or three that she actually said, Hey, I had this other idea for it instead of that. So it was, I mean, we kind of had the same vision for what was going on and I'd always talk to her about it before I actually sat down and started drawing it. So that helped. Okay. Okay. Very nice. 
Very nice. Um, what are you going to tackle next? Yeah, I was going to say, what's um, next on well, the for you? I don't have a lot of art projects on the burner. I have a couple of um, – I have one art project that I've been working on since I went to, when I was in college, but um, I'm actually writing – I actually wrote a book, and I'm on the second draft of it right now. So Okay. Very nice. Now, where can people find uh, this book if, if they're interested uh, – like I said, I think it's a, a great book, especially like you said, uh, to present to a kid that uh, is you know doesn't yeah, totally under- lost a loved one or something. yeah, or or just doesn't understand it, has questions about it or. Oh yeah, um, the the my as far as on my end, uh, you can find my artwork at my Deviant Art page. It's under Crash Murdoch, same name as the um, as on the forums. Uh, it's crashmurdoch.deviantart.com. Um, as far as Andrian, she doesn't have a website right now, but if you go on, if you look up her name, Andrian, A-N-D-R-E-A-N, last name Jacobs, J-A-C-O-B-I-S, or B-S, sorry, J-A-C-O-B-S, that's it. <laughs> uh, if you look, if you look up her, look up her name on Facebook, you can find her and you can contact her and she's actually got some, both of us have art from the book on our pages. Okay, great. And, um, you can actually just send her a message and the book's $10 plus shipping. So if anybody wants a copy of it, um, they're more than welcome. If somebody wants a closer look at the work, they can contact me and I can send them, you know, images of what the pages look like. It's not the whole thing, obviously. Sure, but. sure. Um, no, it's, it's great. Uh, I told Chuck what I'm planning on doing, uh, with my copy because I don't have kids. Um, and, and I understand death, uh, but I did read it and I did enjoy it. Um, but I wanted to make sure that it it gets to kids that would really benefit from it. So I'm actually planning on, uh, donating my copy to, we have rainbows, babies, and children's here. Uh, so I'm actually going to donate my copy to them so that they can have that in their library. So. Oh yeah, that's a great idea um, for for someone to you know we've talked about uh, donating them to there's a local children's ho- or a local hospital here that we were th- thinking about having them you know so they could have them yeah. in the, the various wards for where they children might have to deal with death yeah and it, and like I said it's it's not that I didn't enjoy it I did I I thought it was great I, uh, and it's just for me it would be something that. Uh, I read it and it would sit there and it, it really wouldn't benefit like it should uh, those that that could really get some gain something from it. So that's why I wanted to uh, that's why I wanted to contribute. I wanted to obviously support you uh, with your endeavor, but I also want I, I thought it was a great idea of something that I could then take that item and and pay it forward uh, to somebody else. So uh, absolutely. So um, well, you're up for some uh, some geeky questions here. Uh, sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to sure. uh, tell you about, um, if you didn't notice it, on page, uh, well, there's no page numbers, but there's a picture in there about halfway through where it's just her face, like the top corner of her face, and there's a big double page, and there's some stick figures on it. Yes. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Well, what's what's unique about that particular page is that Andrian's words the art with the little girl is me, is my own art, and then the stick figures is actually Dakota, the girl who the book is based on. Oh, That's actually her artwork. I was kind of wondering that. I thought maybe you just went sloppy. <laughs> yeah. No, that's actually that's actually her stick figures. We asked her to draw what you know her granny dancing in heaven. That's what she drew. Awesome. I cleaned it up a little bit to get rid of some squiggly lines, you know, some scribbles sure. and stuff like that. But all the lines are hers. I thought you were just like I said. I thought you were just changing up your art to make it look like a little kid. But that's fantastic. Uh, it, I mean, because it's it's exactly what you would 
picture a, a little girl to draw. So. And then the very last page, that's Dakota with her grandmother in, yes. in the back of the book. Yeah, that's great. It says, in loving memory of Ruth Hill, uh, I love you and miss you, Granny Dakota. So. And, yeah, she passed away in 2009. So. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I really liked in this book I forgot to mention is at the very back, right before the dedications, it says uh, there's a big cloud there with uh, just all white in it. It says, how do you see heaven? And it's it's great for a kid just to be able to draw like just like Dakota did. Uh, yeah, that was that was the tie in was we wanted. So, you know, you've seen what Dakota thinks heaven looks like. Now, what do you see? See heaven as right. Right. So it becomes a, a little bit of an activity for the kid afterwards. So I thought that was a, a great, a nice little touch in there. So, Chuck, did you have any other questions before we uh, we see how how right or wrong Crash is? <laughs> no, no, let's fry Crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say too with the Transformers. Um, I was letting uh, the gentleman before me finish up, but my first Transformers that I actually had was um, well, first I had some Gobots, but then I um, I got the Insecticons, and then eventually through some trades and. Things like that. I ended up with a jet fire for a while before it broke. Nice. <laughs> jet fire. Wow. That's one I always yeah. wished. <laughs> I wanted him because he looked like a Veritex. So. Right. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Um, really? All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into these. Uh, they're pretty much the same questions because I only wrote down one set of questions. Um, so we'll go. We'll find out. Uh, blueberry or chocolate chip when it comes to muffins? Uh, chocolate chip. There you go. Finally, someone got that one right. Chocolate, chocolate chip. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, Autobot or Decepticon? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna have to probably say Autobots because they're. I like Jetfire. Nice, nice. <laughs> that's a good one to like too. Uh, Star Wars. Wait, but Star- wasn't in the cartoon? Wasn't he a Decepticon initially? <laughs> actually, uh, actually, in the video game, he was too. He was uh, a yeah. member of Star Screams group, and then he he jumped sides. Yeah. Right. And actually, initially in the cartoon, if I'm remembering right, he actually uh, had worked with Starscream, but that was prior to there being Autobots and Decepticons. So he was given the mark of a Decepticon because he was tricked by Starscream into thinking that they were uh, a fourth right, for good. Right, yeah. So he actually was a, an Autobot at heart. So Yeah, he was also... Frozen like Captain America or something. Yes, he was, yeah. He was also one of the sources of uh, co- uh, copyright controversy because the figure was a Robotech, was a Veritech from Robotech mm-hmm. uh, that Takara had made, and the on television he looked totally different. It was because they were like, we're not oh, going to yeah. promote somebody else's stuff on our television program. Yeah. So he was Skyfire and looked different on the cartoon. Yep. And then Jetfire. Uh, in, in the toy. The toy, yeah. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Um. I, I admit I do like Star Trek, but I like Star Wars a lot more. That was like my first thing when I was growing up because I uh, was like eight years old when Star Wars came out. Nice. You can, um, you can stay. We saw it at the drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that was torture back then because you saw it once in the drive-in, and then you never saw it that again was it. Yeah. right before Empire came out. <laughs> um, your favorite turtle? Oh, um, I'm going to probably say Raphael. Okay. Good- I like all of them. Yeah. No, they're all good. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, just like we asked uh, John and Andrew, uh, are you more of a Felix or an Oscar when it comes to the odd couple? Oh, God, I'm an Oscar. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Big old Oscar. One of the things that we realized, uh, or Chuck and I were talking about actually just today, because this question kind of just came up today, uh, was Chuck and I are both a Felix and an Oscar, each one of us. Like, when it comes to neatness, uh, believe it or not, when it comes to neatness, 
Chuck is actually more of a Felix and I'm more of an Oscar. Um, but when it comes to personality, it's probably the exact opposite. He's more of an Oscar. Big surprise, I know there, but. Yeah, right. But I, I think people would be surprised to know, Chuck, that you are actually kind of a little bit of a neat freak when it comes. Yeah, I'm a big germaphobe. And, and yeah, and I'm <laughs> I actually am a big slob. So. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a when it comes to my house in general, I'm kind of a slob. But like, um, there's certain things like my artwork and. Um, and certain areas of my stuff that I'm like, it's got to be in order and I got to know where it is. Gotcha. <laughs> Mainly from learning that if I don't do that, I can't find, find it. what you need. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm that way in life because of that. Nice. Um, Joe or Cobra? Oh, I'm going to say Cobra. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Just uh, more of a variety of care of interesting characters. And like, especially back in the old um, Larry Hama books, there was more dynamic going on between them on the Joe side. You really only had the, um, the love triangle between Duke and, and uh, snake eyes, Scarlet. Scarlet. And that was it. (laughs) Basically. I mean, there was a lot of stuff, but it was all, they were all friends and they all got along (laughs) on the other side. They were all trying to kill each other and double cross each other. Okay. Yeah, somehow Mainframe weaseled his way into that love uh, triangle, <laughs> that love quadrant. I liked him better on in the cartoons when he was going after Zoran, when her and Zoran. Yeah, 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 that was cool. The Romeo and Juliet thing going on. Yeah, but I, yeah, I will say that this whole uh, Scarlet Mainframe thing, I'm I'm kind of getting on board with it though. Yeah, I'm I haven't got okay, far into that series yet, so I haven't. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I know about it sure. from you guys, <laughs> but um, I like I've only got like the first three of the graphic novels. Okay. I'm kind of I've become more of a graphic novel guy because I have limited money. Understood. So rather than going to the comic book shop and getting <clears throat> five from comics, I'd rather spend that money and get a graphic novel with a whole story in sure, it. Sure, sure. Right, I mean, I that's just, why we use DCBS to get the discounts, or we wouldn't do it either. I know I wouldn't. It, it's very expensive. Well, I, would, I, I know a lot less titles. So. Yeah, I just got two of the essential Spider-Mans today, the um, the big black and white ones. Nice. Uh, I got six because I wanted to read the Death of Gwen Stacy storyline. Okay. And then I got uh, the I got nine because it was like five bucks. Nice. <laughs> nice. Can't beat that. Can't go wrong with that, yeah. Uh, all right, this one you're going to hurt one of our feelings, so uh, Duke <laughs> or Flint? Oh, Flint. Okay. Nah, boo. Yeah. Good thing I can. He, he knew who controlled the mic. <laughs> Actually, it comes yeah. from the cartoon because yeah. in the cartoon, uh, Lady J was a lot better looking than Scarlet was in the cartoon, yeah. and I like her. I like so the, redhead, man. the guy. Well, I like the redheads. I like in every other version, pretty much. I've liked Scarlet more, but in the cartoon, uh, Lady J just looked awesome. Yeah. So I even had to get the figure that looked like the cartoon one instead of the one with a hat. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm right yeah, there. I'm right there figure. with you. Yeah. I was. I bought that figure and I was like, she doesn't look anything like she does on the cartoon. And why is her shirt undone? Yeah. Her original one, she looked like a dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Instead <laughs> so of Scarlet, kinda, the first version yeah. number two. All right. None of the even CoverGirl. None of the girls really looked that great. No, it's like female figures back then. They really weren't. It's the only one that kind of looks good forward. Yeah, yeah. R two D two or C three PO. R two. Yeah. I, <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Chuck's on crack. Um, <laughs> you understand? That's that's three, that's three <laughs> guess, That's three guests we've had on this show that have all said R two D two. So I can't believe they're all wrong. No, they're not. Uh, <laughs> is is Chewbacca a sidekick? Um, I thought about this one before I came on here, and I would I would, I would kind of have a mixed answer. If you're just going by the movies, I would say, yes, he's a sidekick. If you're going by the expanded universe, then no, he's not, because he's done so much more in the expanded universe on his own that he's become his own character. And that's, that's what I like I go it. by. He, he in the original, he wrote in the the original, I like it. 
Sorry. In the original trilogy, he was a sidekick because you never saw Chewie without Han. Sure. So, but in later on, you know, he has his own series. He does all, you know, a bunch of different stuff on his own in the novels and stuff. Right. So, yeah, he wasn't a sidekick in the expanded universe. Right. Um, tied into that, uh, Jedi or Sith? Oh, geez. You're killing me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that means Sith. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to have to go Sith, especially now with like Clone Wars and stuff like that with all the really cool. Yeah, that's been great. Um, favorite Transformer? Uh, I think I already covered that one. Okay. (laughs) Jetfire. Okay. I figured I'd just ask the official question. Yeah, with with a nod to the Insecticons, I always liked them. Yeah. Um, I actually, that's the reason those, those, those Insect Transformers I sent you guys, um, they, that's the reason I got them is I saw them and I'm like, oh, I'm going to start collecting um, Insecticons again. And then I actually opened them up and took a look at them like, and eh, not these. <laughs> <laughs> not these ones, but yeah, I, I definitely want them. I have them right here in my hand right and now. If you look at like the Wasp one, yeah. um, on the back of the package that came with them, he, he, he looked really cool. And like his, uh, the, the, the thorax, which became his legs, actually split apart and became legs. But... Um, on those, it's like the thorax on him didn't split apart. One of them, I think the black one, doesn't even have arms. It's just like the yeah. insect arms. Yeah. And what I th- what I think happened was, you remember back in the day, like in the 80s, when the Transformers were really big, you could go to KB Toys, and they had kind of the knockoffs, like there was an eagle and a spider and all these different yeah. like animal Transformers. Yeah. Well, those were still pretty high quality, but they were... You know, they were not obviously, you know, not Transformers. Well, I think these are knockoffs of those. <laughs> oh, knockoffs of a knockoff. And just use cheaper plastic and kind of just put together what they could because they were like three bucks at Big Lots. So, you know, they're not they're not high quality. They're from the same company that are that made that Devastator I sent you guys. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one's sitting over there too. It still sits on my uh, dresser, the Devastator. Yeah. So. That one's, that's what you do with it. You put it together and you leave it the hell alone because yep. otherwise it'll break. <laughs> uh, I will say the out of the three uh, pseudo-insecticons that you sent, I did I do actually like the uh, the dragonfly one. I think he looks yeah. cool. That's that's Is that the red one? Yeah, the red one, yep. He, he was okay. I, I would have liked the wasp the best if his if he would have transformed the way the package showed he transformed sure. instead of just kind of like, oh, look, here's a, you stand him up and you know flip down like his feet and then like, there he is. Yeah. 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 The the only thing I did notice with the the dragonfly here is uh, they didn't put his arms on any type of like any type of ball socket. So when you flip his arms out to see his arms, uh, you can't lift them up to reach out for anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're just oh, one of them, they're just on the side. So and that's his about arm it. pops off and you got to put it back on. Yeah. Yeah. Quality <laughs> stuff there. <laughs> but just kind of, but you want cool to get look they're cool to look at and I appreciate them so. Leave them in the ex- insect mode. They they uh, they look better that way. Yeah, they look cool that way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. The insecticons were actually the first like transformers that actually had all of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had all of them because my cousin gave me one, and then I uh, somebody else gave me the I think it's shrapnel the one with the big pincers. Yes. And my mom ended up getting me because uh, I was like, that's the only one left. I <laughs> I got uh, kickback. I think it is the yep. the, the grasshopper. Yep. So. Yeah, I actually I had all three as a kid. Also, um, I I don't know if I got all three at the same time. If it was like a Christmas thing where I got all three, or if I got them separately. But I did have all three, and then I bought. Uh, they came out that with like a reissue three pack a, uh, a few years ago, 
and yeah. Chuck bought it and never opened it, and he was looking to unload some stuff, so I bought that off of him. The funny thing with nice. that is they renamed Bombshell and Shrapnel. Uh, I don't even remember what they renamed them as, but obviously it seemed like Bombshell and Shrapnel were not good names to give to kids. Now, yeah, kid-friendly kid names, yeah. You know, where back then they didn't care. <laughs> well, remember back then. Remember back then, you go to Toys R Us and you had your action figure row, right? Which uh, back in those days it was like me going Star Wars and stuff. But then you go to the next row and it was all weapons. Yes, it was guns and swords and BB guns. Yep. Um, BB guns right on the rack that you could buy. You didn't have to. They weren't behind a counter or anything. And you could. And you could. Uh, and they all looked like real guns. So. Yeah. <laughs> and then no orange tip. No, the Intertech killed that because some. Poor kid got shot playing with one. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the last question I have here for you. This is this one was uh, I think maybe too heavy of a question for uh, new guests to answer, but you've been listening long enough, so I think you can answer this one. Uh, it's not the prison question, so don't worry. Oh, I got excited. <laughs> Does everything have a monetary price? Ooh, um, I think. I, well, you're talking to somebody who's unemployed, so I would have to say at certain points, yes. But if you're talking – you're start going into like family and and all that stuff that you guys were talking about before. Yeah. I would say physical objects, yes, like relatives and maybe pets and things like that, no. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't sell your crazy uncle or nothing? <laughs> I have a couple crazy uncles, and unfortunately, nobody wants them. Well, there you go. Try eBay. But like my dog, I got I actually my dog's a res- literally I rescued her. I found her tied to a fence with an extension cord. Oh wow! Oh wow! And 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 she's okay. like my best friend, and I would never get rid of her. She's a little Dotson. That's how I feel about my dog too. So I, I understand that. Uh, I didn't rest. Yeah, I didn't rescue dog, my uh, dog, but I understand. The cat's debatable. <laughs> yeah, the cat. Yeah. Is that your <laughs> yeah, dog? but the cat. Uh, peanut, right? Uh, yeah, peanut. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, on Facebook, you post a couple photos. Yeah, yeah um, my cat. I saw I saw a thing on Facebook. Speaking of which, that described my animals perfectly. It's it's got a picture of a dog and it says "man's best friend," and it's got a picture of a cat that says that my creepy roommate who poops in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that's kind of what goes on around this house. Yeah, the the big difference for me when it comes to cats and dogs, I I like all animals, but uh, when it comes to cats, one of my coworkers said it best, which what that made me realize why I don't have a huge fondness for cats is he was like yeah my one cat you know i love my cat i come home every day from work and she's sitting on this ledge that's by the the front door and when i walk in she swipes down at my head and (laughs) i think it's just the cutest thing in the world i go no it's not cute that cat's trying to kill you (laughs) it depends if if she's using if she's using her claws or not if she's not using her claws she's trying to get your attention uh, if she's using her claws, it's, she doesn't like you. E- e- either either way, I don't think that cat cares about anybody but itself. <laughs> That's the way most cats are. We, my mom's got a little sticker on, or a little magnet on her fridge that says the dogs think they're people. The cat knows he's God. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, well, that's all uh, I really had. Chuck, did you have anything else you wanted to, to ask Crash about? Yeah, cake or pie. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, cake. Okay. Too bad. <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 like, I like me. I like me some pie too, but um, but I've always been like a chocolate fan, and I've never really had a really good chocolate pie. So, okay. nice. <laughs> what about you guys, Frenzy or Rumble? Uh, I I will say I like, I like Frenzy on the cartoon, but uh, I mean Rumble on the cartoon, but Frenzy in the comic. Books. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. 
Lindsay never really showed up too much in the cartoon. I think he showed up in the movie. Yeah. Like Soundwave like ejected everybody except he, and he missed- got killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like what they did with frenzy in the comic book where they, they in, in both the old uh, series and the, the IDW continuity. I really like what they kind of gave him a bigger role and they kind of played more with the fact of what his name means and everything else. So I, I really like what yeah. they've done with him in the comic book, but, uh, and they really haven't done a as far as I can remember, they haven't done a lot with rumble in the comic. They've done more with frenzy in the comic book. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, because of you guys, I actually, I actually, uh, at last year at long beach comic con, which is actually coming up like in another two weeks, but the one last year I actually, Tracked down all three copies of, uh, or all three issues of the hardcover of um, All Hail Megatron, or oh, the wow. softcover, rather. Yeah. Yeah, and I read that, and um, I really liked that, and then I was, I tried to get into some of the other stuff, and I was just like, monetarily-wise, there was just too much. Yeah. yeah One day I'd like to get the hardcovers, yeah. but... Yeah, I, um, I will say it's, a, it's uh, a, some of it's very hit or miss. Uh, the other one that I would highly recommend if you haven't had a chance to check it out would be the uh, Megatron Origin. Uh, oh, yeah, I heard about that one. That's a really good one for both parts like of the story. Like a labor bot, and he's got, like, the weird, like, construction stuff yes. on his on his head yeah. and stuff. I've seen yeah. – I think I've seen that one in the – in the uh, – comic book shop a couple times and that's a good one because it's just one trade uh and you get your whole story there so um yeah that's what i like about trades is they're pretty much a storyline yeah in a shot and they look nice on the bookshelf yes they do <laughs> right exactly <laughs> take yeah. less than 20 issues of a comic book yeah you don't have to pull out issues out of a bag and board and then put them all together and yeah so yeah I can um that. And because of you guys, I also started reading. I like I said, I read like the first three uh, graphic novels of the G- the new GI Joe series, which I I do like. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I good. didn't really like the early artwork as much. It's kind of a little bit more scribbly. I kind of like the um, the more neater lines, like like the Transformers, mm-hmm. almost almost the anime style. But um, it's just personal preference. Sure, sure. Um, well, that's why I was well, you're welcome like, for getting you stuck on all that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. I mean, I, I I love the properties anyway. Yeah, it's like yeah. so I listen to your guys' show. I can't afford to buy all this stuff, and your guys are talking about it, so I listen to you guys and live vicariously through you guys. Well, we we appreciate it and hope and yeah, I hope we'll much. always keep you informed and up to date on what's going on, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to steer you towards like you said, money's limited, and I know that is for a lot of people, and it is for Chuck and myself as well. Um, so hopefully we can always steer you towards what is actually worthy of picking up and what uh, what is worth, worth passing on. Yeah. And it, and obviously sometimes we don't totally agree on that, but um, uh, but it, I guess then it depends on who you've been agreeing with you more get an, often. You get an opinion one uh, way or the other. Yeah. So yeah. Speaking speaking of uh, getting hooked, do you, do you guys have any of the Chris Star comics when they came out? Or I know they're back in the eighties, but do you guys have any of the old Chris Star stuff? No, I don't. I don't know. Um, well, I'm sending when I um, I threw a, I went ahead and threw in uh, your box, Ryan. I threw I had some extra copies of Chris Star, so I put one in there. Cool. Uh, it's like it's like the middle of the run, but okay. um, I was like, it's an '80s property. Yeah. And you guys can buy, borrow, snarf it if you want. Sure. And, you know, if you, I was gonna say if you already had it, give it to Chuck, and if yeah. not, you know, well, whatever. Yeah, because I've been slowly grabbing. Um, like I got at, uh, at a dollar bookstore, I got like um, I got some He-Man comics, and I got um, the DC ones, and this a couple issues of those Sectars, and I think I got yeah. one or two Visionary comics. Nice. 
but I've been trying to get the whole run of Chris Star, and like I keep end up buying the same three damn comics all the time. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's I've like unless there. it's unless it's the first one or the one with Nightcrawler on the cover, it's like, do I have this one? Right. Do I not have this one? <laughs> That's so, so many times that uh, most of the time now, if I know I'm going anywhere near a, a comic shop, I have my list with me now because I've literally had comics that I've bought three, four times already because I was like, I don't think I have this one. I'd buy it. I come home and be like. Damn it! I already have two of them. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. I did that with the New Warriors too. I almost and uh, Heroes for Hire. I have almost the whole set of the the um, the last Heroes for Hire, the one with um, oh yeah, yeah, the Hulk and and uh, uh, Iron Fist and everybody and uh, Black Knight. Because I'm a huge Black Knight fan. Okay, but I have almost the entire run doubled because I bought the whole set up like cool, and then I came home and I'm like, I'm only missing four. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I appreciate it because yeah, I'm. Uh, when you first mentioned Chris Star, I was like, well, I don't really remember what that was. And then all of a sudden it popped in my head the more I heard the name. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, now I remember what Chris Star is. So. Yeah, I loved it when I was a kid and my buddy had all the figures, had all yeah. the toys. He even had the castle, which was hard to find. But, like, we were playing one day and he had it up on top of his dresser, like up on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And he accidentally bumped it and it fell. And ironically, just like Crystal, it shattered into a million pieces. Oh, wow. it was, uh, it's that it was cheap plastic. Yeah. The figures were great. You could throw them across the room and nothing had happened right. to them. But this, it was made out of really like really cheap, um, like almost like going to pick an uh, old school pick and save and buying a toy there. And, you know, it's just so brittle. You can only right. With your, that like those plastic. Yeah. It's a matter of time before you throw it away. Uh, Chuck, are you familiar with Chris star or, I'd have to look at it. Yeah. I, it doesn't. I'm not familiar. It's with right the name up your alley. It, it's it's yeah, it's it's very it's much up fantasy. Your alley. Yeah. The good guys were like um, they got like exposed to this mist and like their bodies turned into like living crystal. And then the bad guys were like molten rock, molten lava guys. They were or they were solid, but they were like lava rock guys. And that's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And they never had a cartoon for it. That's why it this the toys uh, toy line kind of died was mm -hmm. because. They, there was no cartoon for the kids to see. It was just the comic and the and the toy oh, line. Yeah, no, no exposure. Yeah. The, the, the funny toys. thing, I was gonna say, the funny thing with this episode is when it, when we have it air, is people are gonna be, because we got this before in previous episodes. People are gonna be like, "Oh my god, I remember Chris Star." <laughs> <laughs> I totally had those. Cause yeah. I got that when I mentioned Starcom the one episode. Someone was like, "Oh my god, Ryan Starcom, I remember that." <laughs> so I was I was huge into like fantasy when I was a kid. Uh, the Hobbit, the, the Ranklin Bass cartoon got yes. me hooked on it. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I went into He-Man, and I mean, I mean, I'm like Ryan, or I'm like Chuck, rather. I'm a He-Man guy. Mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. like He-Man's my number one thing. Like, even now, I'm I'm selling off a bunch of my collection, and my friend's like, well, you're going to get rid of He-Man, too. And I'm like, do you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I sell everything else off, my He-Man stuff stays, because, like, um, I have almost the entire uh, 2000X run, except for one or two... Of the, uh, I, I think I'm missing like Mossman Faker and Snake Tila from the Mailaways, and I never got any of the variants because I didn't really care about like um, uh, Skull Bashing He Man and Fire Skeletor and Disco Skeletor. I didn't care about any of those. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, one of each of every character. And I've been getting some of the classics as I can that are, you know, like the Green Goddess ones that didn't come out in, cla in the original series nice. and Adora and stuff like that. And I had to get Tilo. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, my Maddie box just came today, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm it had, jealous. Uh, the, had the Rat Lore and a General Rat Lore, and it had uh, King Grayskull. Oh, I want King Grayskull. Great Unrest. Yeah, the Great Unrest Weapons Pack. Yeah. 
Oh, that's an awesome set. I need to get that for my. I, I have the the Staction Hordak. Okay, yeah. Today, um, and uh, when I moved, his, I was like, "Oh, I'm going to take his staff off so it doesn't break because it's those some of those Staction weapons are kind of brittle. Mm-hmm. Brittle, yeah. And um, I I took it out real carefully, put it in the box, moved. When I got to the other place, I was setting it up. I was pushing it back in the hands and snap. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'm like, okay, well, I'll push it the re- uh, you know because it snapped kind of in the middle. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll push the top part in, in the bottom part through the bottom of his fist, and you know it'll stay fine. And started pushing in, snap. Oh. I'm like, at that time it snapped at the the, the headpiece. Yikes! Oh, wow. And that's so thin you can't um, drill and and glue it right um you know or anything like that And if you glue it it's just so small it'll just fall apart again so i was real heartbroken so my hordak he just has his crossbow right now he doesn't he's kind of holding his hand up like where's my staff dude (laughs) 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 i was going to use the horde prime staff on him right Um, right yeah no good idea that's a that's awesome though that's something else i could talk to you guys about if you have time is i I went to PowerCon. Oh, cool. Yeah, I, was, I saw your um, pictures on uh, your Facebook of the PowerCon. Yeah, so I got to meet, like, Sylvan, and I got to talk to Val for, like, 30 seconds. Nice. Uh, Val is actually the guy who got me involved into this podcast, was I followed him over from uh, from uh, Rose Google when he was talking about PowerCon last oh, right, year. right, 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 yeah. So that's what got me, and then I went back, and I listened to all your guys' stuff from the beginning. <laughs> We're sorry. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> so am I now. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, but I mean, I, I like you guys because, like you said, um, and it's the same reason I like Rose Google is it's like it's like a conversation. It's like I'm hanging out with my buddies. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I, and which was funny when I went when I went to PowerCon, I walked up to Val. I'm like, "Hey, Val, how's it going?" And he kind of looked at me like, "Hi, how you doing? Who the hell are you? Who are you? <laughs> I know who he is because I feel like I know him from the podcast, right, but right. he has no idea who I am. And then I showed him some of my artwork and stuff. He's like, "Oh, okay, now I know who you are." Yeah. Because uh, I did all those little cartoony drawings for Pop Culture Network. Of, yeah, I was going to say, I, that's how I knew you originally, because I was uh, big on the Pop Culture Network for a while there, while uh, Jason Duvall and Pixel Dan was there, Scotty Cash. All those guys were there, and you were doing the drawings for them and Dirt and all those guys. And then that's how I originally knew you and knew your name, because you did the artwork for those guys. Yeah, and uh, I had a lot of fun with that because Pixel Dan used uh, used my stuff for the beginning of his intro a couple times, and I did one for their like one of their anniversary where I did them all as the Power Rangers with Duvall as the Pink Ranger. Nice. And, yeah, yeah. And he was like, and so he's like, why do I have to be the Pink Ranger? And they're like, oh well, you know, you collect gem and this and that, and <laughs> they're all going. And then it's like, well, I thought he goes, wait, I thought I was Hunk from Voltron, because <laughs> he's wearing a yellow. <laughs> right. Then yeah. he's like, oh, at least, at least you guys didn't make me wear the skirt. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, do you listen to uh, Jason's uh, show now with Dave Draper? Um, I've listened to a couple of them um, for a while because um, I kind of I, – I, the main guy I corresponded with all the time was Pixel Dan. Okay. Um, I, I emailed him back and forth, and that's why you saw a lot of my artwork on his stuff is because you know he we were kind of internet buddies, kind of like we are. Um, and then um, when – when first of all, and then David left, um, I knew them on Facebook and they were kind of quiet. And, you know, from the, from what I had heard from one side, things were bad on the other side. And then I kind of got the whole picture and I started talking to those guys again. And, you know, I've, I've been catching up on their stuff slowly, but surely, I mean, I don't want to get into it. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, but I mean, I meant I kind of the first time I talked to Chuck was with Dave, uh, David Draper from uh, originally Flavor Dave on uh, Pop Culture Network, and now uh, right, he's right. on the show. Um, and I mean, that was the first time we all talked. And like Dave sent me just out of the kindness of his heart, he sent me Tomax and Zaymon because I didn't oh, have them. Oh, had nice. an set. Yeah, so um, that was that was cool of him. And they they've asked me to do some other stuff like Sween Hollock over there. He had me do a, a picture of him as Daredevil uh, for his show. And Scotty Cash has always asked me, Hey, can you do this with my picture? Like make it this size so I can use it as an avatar on this or you know stuff like that. Uh, so I met all of them at PowerCon, uh, except for Eamon. He didn't come over from... Yeah, he didn't show, yeah. Which we, we I, I still give him no end of crap on Facebook about, you know, it's like <laughs> Eamon's fault. He didn't show up for PowerCon. Uh, but I met Danielle and uh, Pixel. It yeah, was we, funny. I'll, we talked with Danielle and we talked with John Callis uh, the second time promoting PowerCon. But yeah, with Eamon being across the pond, I mean, it's hard for him to come over. My, my question was, there's a rumor going around that they're going to have it in... Uh, California again and not New York. Is that true, or did you hear anything with that? Oh, well, the first two years were supposed to be in, in California, and then they were going to jump to New York for the for the third year because they wanted to give East Coast people a chance to go to PowerCon. Right, and right. They were going to flip-flop each year. because Plus, most of those people are uh, – most of those guys are East Coast. Right. Um, not, uh, not Very few of them are West Coast um, people like I am. Um, so, um, I'm not sure if there's been a new, new, any new news, but it's next year, it's PowerCon, ThunderCon, and TurtleCon. Turtles, yeah. 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 CowabungaCon. Yeah, <laughs> CowabungaCon. Um, but yeah, so they're, it's, they're, they're growing. Um, I, I really hope it's going to be in New York because I'd like to go. I mean, all three of those are really cool. Right. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. What was great about it is, unlike, I've been to San Diego, and the last time I went to San Diego, it was like being packed in a cattle car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, and that was 2007, and it's gotten bigger since then. Right, right. Um, but when you go to, when I went to PowerCon, I walked in the door, and um, the first person, like, I made on contact with his booth, is right by the door, was Robert Lamb, who was the, um, he was the, um, the lead anime, or the lead art guy on the Filmation cartoon. He was right there. You walk right up and talk to him. Nice. With the exception of a few people, and that was mainly because they're older people and they don't, or, or they're, they they had tight schedules, uh, they had limited signings. Just about everybody you could walk up to. I walked up and talked to Meg Foster for a few minutes. She was Evelyn in the Evelyn, in the movie. yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, who was the other one that was really fun? Oh, the um, I forget their names, but there was a couple. They're actually a married couple, but they played He Man and She Ra in the Power Tour. Oh yeah, I saw your picture of those people. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were great because they, when the little kids would come up, they actually had the swords and stuff, and they'd have the kids hold up the sword. One of them would hold up a sword, and he'd hold up the sword. He'd say after me, you know, say after me, by the power of Grayskull. Nice. He, they, it was cool. Real fun. And what was great is, I don't, you guys have probably experienced this with celebrities at cons. Is some celebrities, if you're not going to spend money, they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. If you're going to buy a picture, they don't want to talk to you. The, at PowerCon, they were they you'd sit there and talk for like a half an hour. They never even asked you if you wanted to buy anything. Yeah, you know they they're like oh well, and they'd say oh well I ha- I do have these if you're interested, but then they drop it. They wouldn't be like oh do you want to buy a picture? Do you right. want to buy a picture? Yeah, you know, yeah, Because yeah. I've met guys who like were on Star Trek who were like I was Alien number four in episode three twenty eight, and I want twenty five dollars for a picture. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Who else was there that was fun? Um, the guy who played Blade, he was hilarious. 
Um, he did a weapons demo that you can actually see on Pixel Dan's site and a couple other places. Yeah, I saw his videos. And I'll just to, to go back, I mean, if you guys haven't checked out uh, Jason Duvall and Dave Draper's, uh, you know, toy bar, it's called, uh, was it Duvall and Dave's Toys and Collectibles? Uh, it's on Toy World or, or Toy World dot com, and it's Dave and Duvall something. Uh, yeah, it's it's Dave and Duvall or something. <laughs> and then the other one that's really good on there is uh, the Duvall's got one that's just him, and he talks about stuff he's found at flea markets and stuff like that. Oh, the flea um, market finds, yeah. Flea market finds, and then uh, Married to the Collection is another good one. Yeah, that's the one where him and his wife. Yeah, I listen to both of those. Yeah. Which is interesting because compared to Pixel Dan and his wife, she collects Disney stuff, so they're both kind of collectors. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, as far as I know, Duvall's wife doesn't collect anything. No, and, she collect, but she's getting in more to the Disney stuff too. So, yeah, she's and doing a lot of that and Happy Meal toys. So, yeah, so I mean, she's starting to now, but originally, like when he was on that new toy smell and stuff, oh, she yeah. collected everything. And she was like, "What?" And until he got his basement where he could keep all of his stuff, she was kind of, she kind of. Kept him on a short leash. <laughs> I remember all this stuff being in the storage yeah. unit. He went over there and filmed it and taped it. Yeah. Good times. Uh-huh. We'll have to revisit that at a later date, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a whole other show. <laughs> Definitely. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap things up here. Uh, yeah, I could geek out with you guys for hours. Yeah, no, same here. It's yeah, definitely. Another time, another time. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, so we'll go ahead and I'll give our information out here and uh, – and we'll kind of wrap things up. Uh, first and foremost, wanted to remind everyone uh, that we do have the Toys for Tots campaign going on. And if you haven't didn't hear our last episode, what that means is that uh, if you're able to give anything, uh, dollar or more, uh, you can donate it through the uh, website. Uh, you can just go to uh, StarJoes.com, and there is the Donate Republic Credits button there. Click on that with the amount that you want to donate. All donations from now until the last day of November will go towards purchasing toys for Toys for Tots. Uh, we also mentioned that if you're not able to give, totally fine and totally understandable. But if you have stuff in your own collection that you can donate or if you want to purchase toys yourself and donate, let us know what you're doing. And we'd be happy to uh, let all the listeners know what's going on as far as uh, how Toys for Tots is benefiting uh, this season. So, uh as far as contacting us, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com. There you can communicate with us every day. Uh, we try to be on there multiple times a day. And uh, you can call us and leave us vo- uh, voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, J-O-E-S. Again, 440-941-JOES. And what you can do is if you have a cell phone plan that lets you call long distance after 9 o'clock or late nights or weekends or something like that, Call us at that time. You're not disturbing us at all. So uh, you can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the next episode and respond to it. Uh, you can also email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. It, there's a profile page and a fan page uh, just by searching Star Joes. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joes Podcast. And let's see, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Again, if you leave us an iTunes review, you can state in there. Uh, something that uh, something that you want one of us to say nice something nice about. I don't know if that was the best way to say it, but <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> just just do it and be nice. Just yeah. leave us a review and be nice. If you want to leave us a review and you'd like us to say something nice about a particular property or whatever, 
put it in the review and we will say it on the next episode. Um, am I missing anything else? We're part of Geekcast Radio Network. Uh, yeah, we're part of the GCRN. Right. And uh, I think that's – is that everything? Well, it's, it's Star Joe's. It's like a podcast with titties. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> oh, Stitcher Radio. Stitcher Radio. Yeah, it's a free uh, app for your mobile devices, and you can find Star Joe's on there, and you can make us one of your favorites there. So, yeah, uh, Stitcher Radio, the smarter way to listen. Right. Uh, with that, uh, Crash, you have anything else you want to throw out there before we close up? Uh, nope, don't think so. Okay, great. Okay, thanks for hanging with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate having you on, and uh, it was it was cool to have cool, you on. anytime. It was cool to have you on hey. for the interview and and everything. It was uh it was kind of a, a unique and, and I mean that in a good way, a, a unique experience to have a listener actually involved with the interviews as well. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, maybe we'll start doing that from yeah. now on. It's maybe, cool. Yeah, yeah maybe. different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that, it gives the listeners a little chance to talk to the creators too and get ask their questions. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the uh, the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Good night, guys. Can I skate with you? Nah, you're just a girl. Power glide! Aren't you jumping to conclusions? Let her try. You might be surprised. Okay, but... Thanks! Wow, look at that! All right! Remember, don't judge people till you give them a chance. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. The Transformers...